The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to Georgia's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. We got Dan with us. And hey, I mean, it's as good a day as ever to be a Yankee fan. I don't know if you saw, but uh, I forget what game it was. Frank Marco was out. I think when we played the White Sox, maybe it was that. One of those times he had, I don't know, some other redneck from Nashville in his backyard watching a uh, the baseball game. And then they went to a bar after. Probably drove home, um, and uh, he had whoever this guy was was like did an imp- was doing an impression of me, I guess. And he he really highlighted how melancholy I am to, uh, when I say like it's a good day to be a Yankees fan because lately it hasn't been. So thank you, Fighting Spirit of the South, for uh, reinvigorating me. Right, Civil War is not over; it's just halftime to those guys. So. <laughs> Yeah, the Yankees are fucking good at baseball again. This is the run we were waiting for. Seven and a week. We've had a million of these three and four, four and three, five and two weeks. We were waiting for that seven and a week, that nine game winning streak. And it's here undefeated since I broke my ankle. I mean, I, I feel like the team has to know that. They right? have to. I mean, you should have told you should tweet Glaber's dad and be like, hey, just something you know, you should know about for the boys. I broke my ankle for this team. Yeah, Mr. Torres, I'm sitting in my recliner doing shoulder presses. What's what's Glaber doing workout wise on the IL? Yeah, I could certainly reach out. Maybe offer some rehab tips. Are you going to be like all jacked up, like upper body? Are you just working upper body right now? Well, yeah, it's my only option, seeing yeah. as that I <laughs> can't use my leg. I did 15 minutes of a 30 minute beginner Peloton class last week. So, and then I tapped out. I was sweating out of the back of my hands. I was like, Jesus Christ. Just, it, it was not as beginner as I thought it was going to be. I had to Google how to get my feet into the like clips. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's it's fun to watch baseball again. And some of the games we blow out teams out. Other games are kind of close, which, hey, that's fine. That's baseball. That is baseball. This whole year, it has not been. And we're still far from anything. We have, right now, if the season ended today, we have the right to put our series on the line for one game at home. It's an opportunity. Uh, yeah, I mean, so is a lotto ticket. But, you know, it, it's not the best position. We're four and a half games out of first place. And it feels realistic. It feels like there's a hope. And I, I've talked all year about controlling our own destiny. And, you know, we have three games against the Rays to finish the season. I wouldn't want to go into that series three games back. You know, maybe one game back, maybe tied. I'd love to go in with a lead. But, you know, I've talked all season about controlling your own destiny. And that's why, like, one thing I see on, like, Yankees Twitter, now that we've, like, we've passed the Red Sox, everyone's talking shit to Carabas, right? 
and people are ta- still talking shit with White Sox fans because like we won two out of three and they won the Field of Dreams games. None of those people matter. The only thing I'm focused on is the if the Yankees win every game the rest of the season, we will be in first place in the division. I feel very strongly about that. If we were to win every game the rest of the season, it's bold of you. Like, but that's all you could. That's all you can focus on. Like, if you start thinking about the other teams that we're not playing and like laughing at them, and sh- what does that do for anyone? Yeah, I don't care about the Red Sox at all at this point. I think with the White Sox, I think a lot of that is because everybody knows they have such a soft schedule. And it is it a little is a little bit reaffirming when we go in there and kick their ass. We know they're not playing anybody. We know we're in a much stronger division. And I do think that, you know, it makes sense that Yankee fans are confident that if we face them in an ALDS or an ALCS, we should handle business pretty easily. They're not a scary team. But I agree that there's no point of getting into that now in August. Yeah, because there's still we still would have to win one game and we also to be in the position that we're in we have played the best baseball that's ever been played for a stretch like it's impo- we did. we're the first team to ever win six games in five days against four teams wow okay with the double headers that makes sense i think the reason look it, it's competition in the beginning of the year you had torres you had frazier these guys were just get you know getting their jobs no matter they go oh for five oh for five oh for five keep trotting them out there there was no you could see there was no competition in the air now you have voight and rizzo competing you got gallo coming in you got a little bit of competition at shortstop competition you know breeds whatever there's some phrase about that that you know i could throw out and i think that's helping a lot well i think for like use clinton's example um and yeah, I like whatever. First of all, whatever's going on with Clint health wise is a little scary. Like having a hard yeah. time seeing and stuff like that's his days in pinstripes may be done. Um, but his also like his days in baseball may be done. So, you know, hopefully he gets that figured out. But I think there was competition for him and it was Gardner. And neither one of them rose to the occasion. <laughs> like no, that no. was the case. Like we had a three-way like go at things for left field. It just and no one and nobody did. <laughs> yeah, I saw our guy Joe, librarian Joe, uh, yeah. tweeted like, and Duhar holds a special place in my heart. But like seeing Gallo out this room, I'm like what special place? What are we talking about here? Just played a handful of games. In one season solid, in a different solid position. 2018. But you got to admit that, I mean, clearly Voight is is motivated by Rizzo getting I think there. I mean, Voight's always been anything. motivated. I think Voight's always been like a, hey, like I want to be here. He just can't stay healthy. I mean, the difference between Voight before and Voight now I think is just health. He's apparently fully healthy. Even when he's been around and, you know, technically healthy and struggling, you could always tell he's not fully there. Like he's – He's trying to not be Greg Bird. And now that Luke Voigt has shown up and he is Greg Bird, you know, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a tough position for him to be in. I, ah, I just fucking lit a lighter in on my finger for no reason. Got to stop playing with things. Ow. Um, smells like burnt skin in here. Uh, I think, like, I don't have an issue with anything Voigt said. Oh, like, me neither. That was neither. a big thing. Um, I, I don't love that he said it publicly. I don't I don't love that I, you don't like I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm not Kim Jonesing it, but I think there's a time and a place and the time and the place are right before that press conference and that place is in the locker room like talking to Aaron Boone. I mean, that's a fair take, but we know who Luke Voigt is. He's outspoken. He's the only one that calls the team out. Sometimes he's, he appears to be the only guy with balls, and that's why I didn't really mind it. We know who he is. We know how he is, and I didn't mind it at all. I mean, he spoke up, and look, he's, he's hitting the shit out of the ball. Player of the week. You're, you're hitting like that. You can say whatever you want as far as I'm concerned. Player of the week, but, you know, he's uh, you know batting a, a 150 week away from what the fuck were you – like, what were you talking about? So – I just I want everyone to just focus on winning, but it seems like we've got, you know, we're getting closer to a full lineup for the first time in a really long time. And that's the other thing. Everyone, everyone online is just complaining about like all these bad. Oh, the Yankees had the Yankees have had historic injuries the past couple of years. COVID has ravaged our team. Some other teams haven't had it that bad. Some teams have had it that bad in their mind or in the mind of the public. None of it matters. Life's 10% what happens to you, 90% how you handle it. And we handled it like shit for a long time. Now we're handling it a little better. 
reason to be optimistic. You had Gio, who had a great rehab game on Sunday. I think he went three for four in double A. He's going to play one more on Monday, and I think he's going to join the Tuesday. team in Oakland. Tuesday? Okay. Yeah, well, because they advertised him and uh, Kluber. Kluber's starting on Tuesday as well. Okay. That guy, so that, game the guy that Dan never met. Regardless, he'll be back for the Oakland series, which before you can worry about the division, you have to, you know, stomp them out. Make sure you get yeah. home field in that wild card game. You, I mean, the difference between hosting Oakland and going to Oakland is such a big difference. We saw it in 2018. We absolutely smashed them. I mean, that game, I don't know if you were at that game. It was basically a, a four-hour party. The Yeah, no, I watched that one from down. home because I felt very confident that we were going to go. Like, there was going to be future games to go to. Right, yeah. I mean, they were the 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 A's were so intimidated and overwhelmed by the crowd. I mean, Judge hit a homer in the first inning, and the game was over. But we know what a difference that is. So, first order of business is making sure that if you have to play in one of those do or die games, it's at Yankee Stadium in front of fifty thousand crazy fans. And you know, that's the first order of business. And we can worry about the division after that. But getting Geo back for the Oakland series is going to be huge. I think. Yeah, I mean, Odor has done a, a serviceable job. Over there, um, it's going to be so interesting to see how this roster shakes out too, with like with guys coming back. But there still is, you know, there are games Rizzo is going to sit. There are games that, you know, maybe we put DJ over there for a little. But like some of these ground balls, when they go to Odor, you're a little afraid. Oh, of course, yeah. And DJ can't play third because of the tricep oh, yeah. strain. I mean, he's playing through it. Nobody's really talking about that, but that's why Odor is a third is because DJ can only play second or first at this point. Well, they said that uh, he might be like, I think Boone had said like it's getting better. And if like there was really a pinch down the line, like, you know, DJ's a gamer. But yeah, I mean, I want to play the gold glove second baseman at, gold, at second base as well. Yeah, me too. All for better defense. And, and I did not realize how good of a defender Joey Gallo is between the range and the arm. He's, I mean, based on the eye test, he's a better defender than Judge. And Judge is a really good defensive outfielder. I mean, our defense got a lot better with that trade too. Like, so Judge and Stanton are like freaks of nature. Like when you see them, they're just, you know, it's just like otherworldly their size. And Gallo's not much smaller than them, but he's, uh, he's thinner. And so it's just like when I see him, I'm just like, that's a fucking athlete. Like he's faster too. He's yeah, you look at him and you're like, that yeah. is that is an athletic guy who's gonna go out there and play. And so I think like my biggest takeaway from the last week and a half of Yankee games is they are playing baseball. These guys are out there between Nestor with his sidearm weird kicks. Where you've got you know Gallo running around all over the place, just trying to make things happen. Odor, who was out of a job, then like kind of playing some second base for us, and then going over to third and just really like making it happen. Down to you know Velasquez and um, and and Wade, like just playing all over the place, just trying to get it done. Like that, that's what I like to see. I appreciate that. If I can't have my everyday one through nine. It's been really refreshing, and I think both of us kind of agreed. The reason we were so pessimistic is just because of the stubbornness of the organization. In the first half, they weren't stealing. you know, They weren't running at all. They weren't changing up the lineup. They weren't doing anything. They were just running the same thing out there and hoping it would change, and all of a sudden, they adjusted. Now they're stealing bases. I saw a stat. I think they were last in steal attempts before the All-Star break, and they're first in steal attempts after the break. So, I mean, credit to them. They realized what they were doing wasn't working, swallowed their pride, and made some adjustments. And it it, it feels like a new season with, with Rizzo and Gallo in the lineup. Like, this does not resemble the team from the first half at all. I mean, it's such a huge part of that is balance of just we're not – it's not one through six, right, 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 right. Yeah, there was a there was a sequence. I think it was the first game of the Red Sox doubleheader on Tuesday where Cora, instead of just, you know, leaving a righty in, we had a lefty coming up and he had to, you know, he brought in a righty and it totally, totally changed the game where in, in the past, you know, Cora's out managing Boone. He's running circles around running circles around Boone. And now that Boone has these lefties, he was able to pinch hit Stanton in a key situation when Cora brought a lefty in. So, you know, we have way more pieces to to use those there and I mean sweeping the Red Sox. That was just that was just awesome. We needed that too after they swept us however many times they have this year. <laughs> well, it's everything that we've complained about all year has been the 
we can get two out of three. We can get, and which like isn't a ton to complain about in baseball, but championship teams can put their foot on your neck and end it. And bouncing back from the Field of Dreams game to win those two, it's very easy to get distracted with, you know, you've got the Angels, they stink, they're coming in for one day, we just had to go to Iowa, to Chicago, to New York, and now we got a doubleheader tomorrow. It's so easy to just not win that game, but they went out there and did it. And then the doubleheaders don't play in our favor, just the way our team's constructed, went out there, got it done. And then, I mean, there was a little bit of like, is this a punt lineup that we saw? And But we finished off Boston. Like guys are stepping up, getting it done. Even the, the Saturday lineup, it was like th- this lineup could be like, I think a lot of us wanted Boone to play the lineup that everyone's going to be off on Sunday. Well, yeah, we knew that game was getting canceled. Yeah. So, you know, are we putting our most competitive team out there? But they got it done. I mean, because what's good is they are, I mean, they're a team. They're playing as a team instead of, you know, how we just need our best. We know our best nine guys because if we don't have our best nine guys, we're definitely going to lose. Whereas now, I don't know, I feel like we all kind of understand when there's a day off for a guy here, like maybe there's a plan. Where are you on Boone now? I'm not ready to give him an extension or anything. I I think it's – I'm the same way I was at the beginning of the year. You got to get to the World Series. You at least have to be the best team in the American League if he wants to stay. If they lose in the DS – I don't want to bring him back. And I, I don't really love this credit him for keeping them together. Like, I don't think he did anything well in June. Like, people are like, oh, see how he stuck with the plan? Like, he's just sitting there chewing gum. Regardless. It's a different plan. They're doing a different yeah. thing. Yeah. Which is all based on talent. Ridiculous. Yeah. I hear my thing is if he wins the World Series, yeah, you bring him back. Because I'm good for another couple of years. Like I'll be like I obviously want one every year, but yes. I won't be oh, as yeah. desperate as I am right now. Yes. At the same time, can anyone point at a single game this season Aaron Boone has won for us? No, no way. Could you point at five games that he's lost for us? Yeah, definitely. Should be in first place without Aaron Boone. Yeah, no, I agree. And look, the reason they turned it around is because Cashman got Rizzo and Gallo. Nothing that Boone did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Boone didn't light a fire under these guys. <laughs> I think they look at him as a friend. Like, you see him, sometimes he takes batting practice. He has catches with them. Like, I think they look at him as a peer. I don't think they look at him as an authority figure. They'll never admit it, but you look at the way he interacts with them compared to the way that Tori and Girardi interacted with them, it's completely different. Yeah, no, I mean, he was brought in to be friendlier with these younger guys and i don't believe that that has worked in his favor in the long run no no i think they wanted to be buddy buddy but you you can't be like i mean the fact that he's taking bp and like taking infield it's like what are you doing you're the manager i don't know and no i mean that some of that stuff is fun but you know what it is it's fun when you feel like the guy doesn't have a bit of a twinkle in his eye, like, ah, I could do this. Like, if you ever saw, saw Tori or Girardi with a glove, it's like, ah, funny old man. Old man's yeah, out yeah, there, yeah. you know? I like that. And also, I mean, I don't know, just doesn't have the on-field accomplishments that make guys, you know, every one of these guys thinks they're better than Aaron Boone. No, you're right. Yeah, he had one kind of fluky all-star appearance, whereas Joe Torre won an MVP, Girardi won a couple of rings. Yeah. Totally, totally different. Yeah. Um, one guy, I, I didn't even put this on the Google sheet, but Luis Heal, I fucking love this kid. He reminds me of a, of a 2015 Seve where he just comes up, doesn't give a shit, big chain, comes out, pumping gas. He's, you know, he's emotional. He's fired up. He doesn't get scared. I love this kid, and I'm pissed that they sent him down. I'm pissed that Haney is starting this Tuesday game. I'd love to see him pitch again in, in the big leagues. Yeah, I, I think when it comes down to it, and there's a playoff spot, and we're talking about what would be like the fifth starter, which isn't necessary. Heels going to the bullpen. Haney's not. Well, hopefully Haney's not on a playoff roster. Yeah, that's but what I would I'm love to, But yeah, I would love to use Heel out of the pen for multi innings in the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think right at this point in the season. So he also like I don't think he's been on the roster for more than a day at any time. 
he comes up, makes a start because they can use COVID. With COVID, yeah. you don't have to stay up. So it's like, oh, well, he's filling in COVID. Comes up, starts, goes down. Come, you know, doubleheader guy goes down. So they've been yo-yoing him anyway. I mean, I think he stays with the team. You know, he's not going back to sleep. Well, he's making a minor home. league start on Tuesday. Yeah. In AAA. Well, so I think that the team says it's too early for us to cut bait on Haney because if guys get injured, if we were to have injuries, we don't have enough starters in the system ready to go. So if someone were to go down, who's the next guy to come up in the rotation? It's heel. Haney, you don't have that luxury because he's a major league player. So they're just they're playing the options game right now. But isn't Haney going to get sent down when Kluber gets activated in a week or whatever? He would be released. Uh, he doesn't. Like, he doesn't have options. Or you know, or unless they wait until September first for Kluber, that's another because they can go to twenty eight. Yeah, right? it only goes to twenty eight, not forty. I didn't know that. So it'd be Glaber would be one of those. Yep. And then yeah, it's it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. But no, I, I love heel. I mean, he he pumps strikes, hasn't allowed a run yet, and it's just mound presence. Like you just see it with the kid. He has that it factor, whatever it is. He's not scared. He doesn't nibble. He just you know he pumps strikes. It's great. And I think there's like you know if it was later in the season. He can have Britain's spot right now. You know, like there's a place to keep him, but for right now, you want to keep him stretched out. Yes. So you see what happens, you know, on Tuesday with Haney. Because, I mean, Haney had a good start last game. Shocking. Shocking. After Bogarts took him upper tank, Oppo, in the first inning, you thought he was letting up, you know, five more homers. Nobody thought he was going seven innings, one run. Fucking nobody. Baseball has gotten back to being like a happy thought. That I have, yeah. Like for a long time, if I would think about Yankees, I got Yankee shit all over my office. Or if I thought about doing this podcast, like there's a certain level of dread because it's like fuck these guys. And then like, but now it's a happy thought. Like I'm happy to watch them play the Braves tonight. But then sometimes you think about Haney and you're like, ah, oh, you fuck. Like what's the point? It's you know you talk about it in terms of relationships. If the June Philly series was us getting like cheated on, like that was the night we got cheated on. I feel like right now we're at the point of like, oh, we're talking again and we've gone on like a date or two and we're beginning to build back trust. I'm not all the way there, but like we're getting there, and I still have that PTSD. Yeah, yeah. So you cheated on me, and we're going out on dates now, and the dates are Steven Star restaurants. Like we're going to top, like we're going to the best stuff. Yeah, but, they're working for it. But we got to really figure, like, where are we? Yes. Are we an Applebee's couple? You know, are we a Cheesecake Factory couple? Because what they're doing right now, like, you can't you can't afford to go on those dates ever. Like, we're, you can't play as good as we've played for forever. There's a law of averages. Right. At some point, the money's going to run out. And they'll exactly. <laughs> go on some lower class dates. But no, we're starting to get rope back in, and it, and it's exciting. Um, and even the bullpen, like Albert Abreu is great now, Peralta, like they're all – all these relievers that we hated before, all of a sudden they're all amazing. It's like everyone's it's afraid for their job. They're they're whining. They're dining us. I'm like, oh, God, Peralta spit in my mouth. Like we're getting – we're feeling young and kinky again. Hot girl summer is becoming sundress summer, you know? I'm not wearing underwear. Take me wherever. You're going to need something for the fall because we're, we're, we're slowly approaching the fall. Yeah, fucking alcohol. <laughs> pumpkin spice we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. No, and I want to talk about the play. It was the Wednesday night, last play of the game, the ball to Velasquez. He makes a great play, and he fires, and Rizzo picks it. I want to, you know, it's obvious. Glaber doesn't make that play on the first end, and Voigt doesn't make that play on the back end. That ball hits Joe Buck's mom in the eighth row. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, when Glaber gets back, I don't think he should ever be on the field past the seventh inning. Like, you have Velasquez, you have Wade. They're both really good in the field. Like, there is no reason for Glaber Torres to be on the field. Like, you have to treat him as a defensive replacement guy. Like, seventh inning, he's out in a playoff game. Like, I don't think there's any reason he should be out there. just wanted to see what you, you thought about the whole shortstop situation for when Glaber gets back. So we're going on the assumption Glaber is like he's has he's going to need rehab games. He hasn't. I know he like took he took some infield, but he's he still said a rehab ways off. assignment next week. So that put him back around maybe like the fifth or sixth of September, something like that. Okay, so we don't have to worry about a roster spot necessarily. Because here's the thing, I know everybody who's watching these games you guys included are like wow kid from the bronx like this is fucking great right of course yeah it's different for me this kid is literally living my dream i'm born and raised in the bronx if i didn't go to bronx science i was going to fordham prep got in you know did all that was wanted to do everything there um so it's just like it's such an amazing story like uh like when i as a kid I dreamed of playing for the Yankees and at the worst playing against the Yankees and going and sleeping in my parents' house. You know, like all of that stuff is so great. You got, I mean, I got to see it for more than a week though, before you really start to, you know, people want to give this kid a monument. Oh no, I don't think he's a future. I don't think he's any kind of real future piece, but defensively, like you see the plays that he makes and, and even Wade, like you can almost put them in the same bucket. Wade is past Glaber in fan graphs war. He's got a better average. He's got a better OBP. He's a better defender. He's faster. Like what, what is Glaber bringing to the table that these two aren't? Velasquez is also, um, like we've only seen him play shortstop. But he's, he plays every position. Yes, yes. He's played every position at the major league level. I know it's only been like 60 games or whatever. But, you know, it takes balls to do that, to just try to stick at the big league level. So it does give us a lot of flexibility. Now, I mean, to a certain extent, if you go off like war and stuff like that, is Tyler Wade your starting shortstop? I can't believe, and I can't believe Jack that I'm even entertaining this. But but the numbers are the numbers, and remember, Glaber wasn't good last year either, and he he wasn't that great in the in the second half of 2019. Most of the damage he did in 19 was the first half, so it's it's been a while yeah. since he's been a force. What do you think long term? Like, do you try to trade him? I don't know. I think you got to let him build his value back up. I don't m- think it makes sense to sell low, but I'm not committing to him. I'm not giving him an extension or or anything like that. Like same way you talk about Gary. No, I'm not. I'm not committing to him. If hmm, like I'm starting him against lefties. Like when he gets back, maybe I start him against lefties and I platoon Wade and uh, and Velasquez against righties or something. Like I'm not just handing him the job back. No, and luckily for us, so like I don't. I mean, and Duhar just got moved to the sixty day, yeah, so yeah, like his I season's done. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to like Clint. His season's done. Yeah. So there's no one. I mean, who knows what the fuck Aaron Hicks is doing? He's probably somewhere scheming the fuck up this lineup, like fuck up whatever cohere cohesion He's we have. So as a team. far out of my mind. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what I'm saying, so there is no, there's no position player that we're waiting on that's an outfielder to come back. No. no. So our bench would be for the playoffs, Wade Velasquez, and then Higgy. Higgy. Well, no, so I, there's not enough room for Wade because you still got to get back down the 26 for the playoffs. Yeah, so one of Wade or Velasquez and, and Higgy because you you'll have Wade and Rizzo. And you got to ha- have Higgy. You can't not have yeah, a bad and and, and I would think in the playoffs they're going to DH Void and play stand in the outfielder. At least you would, yeah. you would hope. 
Yeah. Um, but if you remember, like in 19 and 20, they would do the prevent defense thing where they would they would take Void out at first. They put DJ at first and they put Wade at second. But now that you have Rizzo, you don't have to do that. That's why I'm saying yeah. you know, your prevent defense could be Rizzo at first, DJ at second, and then you sub Wade or Velasquez in for Glaber. I just don't think there's any reason for him to be out in the field in a key late game situation. I think it'll just, be Wade. I, I think Velasquez won't make the um, playoff roster. And that's fine. Are you buying this offense from Wade? He's hitting like 350 or something <laughs> in the past month. I mean, no. No. Because he's had extended opportunities of playing time before, right? So And hasn't done this. I mean, how old is he? What's he, like 27? He's 26, yeah. 20, like, you are who you are at a certain point. Is he a 350 hitter? No. Is he a 300 hitter? No, he's like a 240 hitter or whatever. But if him and Glaber are both 250 hitters and Wade's the way better defender, you know, yeah. we, we got to have the conversation. I'm fine. I'm fine with making tough decisions. Yeah. Let's make tough decisions. Because we're also going to run into when Urshela comes back, what do you do with Odor? Well, like, well he sits. He sits. I mean, Geo. No, but Gio, we're, Gio we're, running out of, we're running out of roster spots. Yeah, no, you're right. And we don't have, unfortunately, we don't have the bullpen you can go short with right now. No, no. I I mean, carrying two full-time first basemen only kind of contributes to the logjam. Most teams aren't. I mean, that's also assuming that Voight's going to be healthy, which he can't. I get it. Like, the guy had a great week and a half. Can't assume he's going to be healthy. Say that about anybody. I mean, Judge Stanton, the the chances of all of them making it over the next six weeks to the playoffs – just hunky dory is very low as we know. I mean, I mean, Britain just went on the IL an hour ago. Yeah. I mean, well, Judge has shown us more this year than he has in previous yes. years in terms yes, of staying healthy. For sure. for sure. And Stanton, you know, built up to he's playing the outfield. He seems willing to do it. He's playing well in those games, playing well offensively. The same way I say that you could that I think Gary at certain points should have just should not worry about catching because mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of work. So I feel like Stanton just you know needs to be a baseball player. Needs to be able to do both sides. Yeah, Stanton's hitting like 320 or something since the first game he played in the field and I definitely think being in the rhythm of the game. I mean, you can't put an analytic or a price on that. Like it clearly matters. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody who is and now I know he hasn't been a regular everyday outfielder for a long time, but anyone who's an everyday player that then has a DH sometimes that, you know, they get the half day off. They say like, it's weird. Yeah. You're not running back and forth to the field with your teammates. You're not in the flow of the game. You're sitting on the bench and getting up a couple of times to hit. It's very different. I've never, I've never done it, but it seems like it'd be weird. You've never played DH at the major league level. Well, not in the high school level. We Uh, had that. I just thought thought the major league level, I could see you there doing shoulder presses. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the Velasquez stuff, it's, it's so exciting. Um, even just seeing Wade, like, not stink it up. Now, do you trade Tyler Wade in the offseason? I would cash in if his value's high. Absolutely. That's a, that's a sell high. I, yeah. I'm, all, I'm all for selling high on anybody. I just yeah. don't want to sell low. Yeah. For anybody who's not – you you're, you got to be willing to sell the 26th man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's there's just so much that can happen in this – offseason like now it's the offseason is much more interesting because first you're going to try to get Rizzo right you have to I think you have to try to resign him don't have to worry about Gallo he's under contract you got for next one year, year but I, I'd be, be shocked if they didn't try to resign Rizzo and I don't think he he's 32 I don't think he's gonna cost you know 200 million dollars I think they could get him at a decent rate yeah I mean there's a lot of potential I, the one thing though you run into is he he's already won a World Series. He's not trying to go play for his hometown Marlins. So to a certain extent, like it's it's about money. Like we're down to the business of it. And now I'm a big proponent of no matter what the taxes are, no matter if it's a couple dollars shorter on a contract, there's so much earning potential in being a Yankee, not just while you're playing with endorsements and stuff and the exposure you get of all these national games. But in the long term, if like if you can win a championship with the Yankees, you can always have a, a you know, a stream of income. By the same time, you broke the curse in Chicago. So you've always got that. 
Yeah, I mean, you just alluded to the fact that I've never played Major League Baseball, but I would like to imagine that playing for the Yankees is a bit more luxurious and comfortable than probably playing for other teams. You get nicer shit, nicer experience, facilities, all that stuff. You would think. You would think. But if you think about like some of the things like facilities, yes, we have a, a newer stadium, but there's not going to be much expansion there. Like you're in the no. confines of the Bronx. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've we we built the garage in Florida for the pitchers, so like we're evolving for it. But I mean, when it comes to like equipment and stuff, I mean, Sonny Gray talked about when he came to New York, he was asking for access to stuff, and they were just like, "We don't have it." Yeah, eh, that was four, three, four years ago. But I, I see your point. Yeah, but it, it's going to be interesting as these guys get closer to coming back. And to see what we do, like what that roster, you know, I think you don't think much when you're younger, you don't think much about like the playoff roster and like, oh, who maybe didn't make the roster, but they've been around all year. And, you know, you do, I mean, what was it? Um, Like Daryl Strawberry came off because he got like cancer in between rounds yeah, and yeah. stuff. And you, you have like those like minor changes, like those changes, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. And especially with Twitter to see the outrage of Yankee fans who, just aren't happy with whatever the decision made. Like, because I mean, we're going to second guess. Oh, we, we will. And one area that's not really fully decided in my mind is the closers position. You had Chapman who was phenomenal in the beginning, then sucked, then got hurt. You have Loisaga, who's arguably been their best reliever. You've had green. Who's gotten a couple of opportunities in the ninth. Hasn't been great. And then you have Britain who has just sucked. Who do you want to be the closer? You know, for the October 6th, we're up 4-3 in the wild card game. Who do you want pitching that ninth inning? I mean, I think you, you, here's the thing. The easy answer here is Chapman, right? You're paying him a zillion dollars. He throws a zillion miles an hour, all that fun stuff. If I see that fucking smirk one more time. Like, I haven't been like an early, like, oh, like, I got it. Hey. You give up that walk-off home run. It's like, shit, man, he got me. You know, how, how many times does it happen, though, where it's like, you're just not the guy. Game 7 of the World Series, you came here on a raft to get to that point and fucking blew it. And you've done it a bunch of other times, too. Yeah, no, it's interesting. It's weird because neither of the games that he blew for us, they were both tie games. So, like, technically, he's never blown a save in the playoffs for the Yankees. But I see what you're saying. And for me, it's the walks. Like, I just, it's too uneasy when he comes in in a tight game and he starts walking people. Like, you can't be giving out free passes. And Loisaga, you know, he still gets it up to 100 miles an hour. He throws strikes. You know, he, he lets up some hits, but he's not giving out free passes. I think I feel more comfortable with Johnny Lasagna as my closer moving forward. And, and Chapman hasn't earned it this year he hasn't been that good he's walking too many people a lot of homers he gave up a homer against boston the other night like he hasn't shown me enough this year to give him the closer job for the playoffs you know what the thing is though is sometimes because of just the way our team's constructed like it's terry francona ish but maybe we need a little isaaca you know in the six right 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 you know maybe we need him in the seventh yeah, I go to green early. I think green is better earlier. I saw a stat that his worst inning is the ninth, which is obvious if you've ever watched the Yankees play. Then the eighth, then the seventh. Like he kind of gets worse the later the inning is. So I think green is the perfect guy to bring in in the fifth or the sixth in an emergency. But now I, I want lasagna. I think I want lasagna for the ninth. Now I don't know if you remember, but 2017 Chapman kind of sucked. He went on the IL. He lost the closer's job, and he he basically turned it on like mid September, right at the end of the year, and he was great for the playoffs. So like. Could that happen again? Maybe. But as of now, I think I want lasagna. Yeah, I mean, you're. I think we're at the point in the season where you hope that, especially when you've seen so many other people rebound to be who they're supposed to be, that you're like, listen, hey, this guy's a pro. Hopefully he rebounds and he does like, you know, what you're talking about from 17. And we don't have to go into the playoffs with those questions. Like, it's much easier to go into the playoffs when you know who's going to take the ball in the ninth when if you have the lead. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, the Rays got to a World Series. I'm pretty sure they didn't have a set closer. They were just kind of rotating guys around. And they have a set it, anything. It a different game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're talking like that's the kind of talk that gets Jay Happ coming out of the bullpen in the no, second you're inning. Right, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Can't start there. Like, hey, well, they do it. What's good for them is not good for us. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. What do you think uh, happens this week? In terms of like how we perform? Just the uh, six games, yeah. I mean, so I think like the Braves are tough. I mean, I know the NL East is a, a weak division, but the Braves are in first place. They're only four games behind us. You know, so it's not, you know, we're not playing the Royals right now. So the Braves have also won nine in a row, thanks to Stack Guy Dan. So you've got two hot teams running into each other. Um, I think a lot of the Yankees are excited about playing in Atlanta. Like, you know, it's a big Hank Aaron year. It's a cool stadium. Uh, but, I mean, we're playing to their strength. There's no DH. I mean, this is yeah, how exactly. – this, this uh, My biggest concern isn't winning two games. It's getting out of there with healthy pitchers. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't really care. Not want to say I don't care about these Braves games, but when you think about the importance of games, you got, you know, the Rays and the Red Sox are one, and then maybe, you know, Astros and White Sox, that second tier. Playing a team in the National League is last. Like, I like I don't care. I don't know any Braves fans. It doesn't affect the standings as much. As long as they win one and don't embarrass themselves, that's fine. But they have to win three out of four in Oakland. They have to stop yes. them out. I don't want I don't want to even be thinking about going to Oakland for the wild card game. Like, flush them out. Take care of that. If they need to rest or whatever, like save your bullets for that series. Cause I just think it's exponentially more important than this brave series. I mean, a week ago there was the, you know, kind of crazy whisper of we could come out of this Red Sox series hosting a wild card game, not just in the wild card spot, but hosting a wild card game. And I would imagine in Oakland that coming into the rest of this week, they're going to be thinking, you know, we could come out of this weekend back in, you know, first place for the wild card. They're going to be fired up and they play us tough. That's our since 2017, our worst record at any stadium is is the Coliseum. Yeah. They've won one game there since 2018, one, and it's our worst worst stadium since 2017. It's going to be really important. You're going to have Cole going for at least one of them that helps. I think it'll be Tyone, Nestor, Cole, and then I don't think they've announced a Sunday starter, but you're throwing three your best and look you got to take care of business against them they're going to be ready they'll have the drum banging yeah bang that drum yeah it is not fun going there the, w- watching those games are brutal because of that yeah. drum it is at least it's on a weekend though like it's easier i don't mind the 10 o'clock games on like friday and saturday nights you know it's not as bad yeah i mean yeah if you're already up and you're gonna watch it it's no big deal like i'm not watching a thursday 10 o'clock game i'll tell you that right now the Sunday game, they moved it to ESPN Sunday night, so that'll be at 7. Yeah. I mean, no, that's not terrible. I'm just yeah. like – So you won't t- watch the Thursday game. It starts at 940. That's too late for you? I will see the beginning of it. Okay. But I'm not, like, keeping myself up. When's Jack's bedtime? Ooh. Last night, I got in bed, and I was thinking, like, damn, it's probably – it's like 11-something. It was 9 o'clock. Um, I was also exhausted. Uh, you know, it's okay. been a, a long stretch here uh, with sick, sick people. A grind, as Boone would say. Yeah. No, I mean, I yeah, I try to go to bed. I try to get in bed sometime around like ten o'clock. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a lot earlier than me. Yeah, because what are you up? Just sitting in your living room alone, watching, fucking thinking about the Yankees. Uh, exactly you know because like i know jamie's not staying up to do whatever it is you do no well she gets up basically like we're on very different she has to be up at six i don't really have to be up till eight so we're kind of on different we're on different schedules so yeah i don't like i can stay up till you know if i stay up till one o'clock watching the yankees like it's not a big deal like you know i get seven hours of sleep and it's just like normal but i know for other people they can't do that yeah like i gotta be up and like you know being dad a little bit in the morning yeah yeah so a little little different i will say you know having to hobble and hop around definitely takes more energy uh, than i used to have to expend uh, throughout the work day when was the last time you left your apartment when was the last time i left uh to go to oh i went we went to my parents house on saturday okay yeah and just kind of sat in the backyard but before that it was just uh the ortho the orthopedist i don't want to like you know i don't want to hobble around yeah. on crutches in the city alone i mean i feel like i'm an no. easy target you know what i mean yeah and you i mean yeah, you got to get out like on the weekend just so you don't go crazy. Yeah, I mean luckily we have a balcony so I'll, I'll hobble out there, you know, maybe bring a book or something or listen to a listen to a podcast, listen to this podcast. One thing you might find entertaining so we have a wedding this Saturday at the Logan and I actually called 
you know, my, my orthopedist. And I was like, look, I was invited to this wedding, but if you think it's a bad idea, you know, I won't go. And he was like, you can go, but you got to go in a wheelchair. So basically what he, I mean, he was like, you could go on crutches, but with 250 drunk people, yeah. slippery floors, he was like, it's a bad idea. So now I'm in the process of trying to rent a wheelchair and I will, uh, that's, that's how I'll be. I'll literally be rolling in on Saturday wheels up. What I would give to break an ankle so I didn't have to go to weddings. What are you kidding me? To get out of going to a, a wedding during a Dude, pandemic? It's five, it's five minutes from this is a very convenient wedding. Are they close to these people? Yeah, we're friends. Are they requiring vaccines? Yes. There you go. That's a good one. I keep getting invites to weddings. And they're just like not requiring vaccines. And I'm like, hey, are you requiring vaccines? And they're like, well, we don't want to, you know, make it weird. And I'm just, all right, well, not going. Like we yeah. got one today. And it was like, so we're clearly not going. Yeah. Got it. Um, well, hey, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. Have you tried your suit pants over the cast? No, I haven't, haven't done that yet. My suit's kind of – I have two suits. One of them's a little bit bigger on me, so I'm thinking that'll work, but we'll have to try that. I mean could go – could just wear khakis. The thing is nobody's coming up to a kid in a wheelchair and be like, you're not dressed in the right attire. Here's the thing. Nobody you're not a kid. You're a 29-year-old man. It's your birthday doesn't, today. You're a man. doesn't matter. Nobody – people with wheelchairs don't get fucked. You know what you That's should like do? a universal rule. You should – I mean I don't know. I want to tip Greg Abbott over, but um, <laughs> if – you know what you should do? Just bring one of, I saw Jamie posted your engagement photos mm-hmm. and just be like, well, I took my engagement photos in very tightly tied Kevin Durant basketball sneakers. So <laughs> I, I have, I have no idea what to wear ever. So I'm fine here. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm good in shorts at this wedding. Uh, no, that'll be, uh, that'll be interesting, but yeah, hopefully Hopefully running around at the the wild card game full strength. I'm going to recover just in time for the playoffs, man. And you're not letting anyone sign your cast? Not that I'm not letting anybody. I just I So if know, I, I show up with a Sharpie, I get to sign it. If you show up here, I, yeah, I'll let you sign it, Jack. There we go. I mean, <laughs> when's this cast come off? Hopefully uh, the 31st. All right. So I got like a week to get out there. The 31st, I either get a boot or another cast. So you could have another 10 days. Out. You could have until September 10th. That cast could become a collector's item. You put, the, like, I got a new cast. Here's the original. It's on the <laughs> on eBay. Dude, they're going to take it off with a saw? Little, little scary looking down at that. Well, don't look down at it. Yeah. That's I mean, no, they do. I mean, they. I've never had I a cast. I know they do it every day, but it still kind of yeah. fucks with you. And no, normally, I mean, I don't know 100%, but I think like most of those things have like a thing built in where like if it hits flesh, it stops. Uh, okay, gotcha. Like it's got like a, a safety thing. Yeah, that'd be chill. Yeah. <laughs> if it had one of those. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, like I'm, I'm looking at vasectomies and you're just awake. You're just hanging out in the room while they're. Is that the thing where all guys go during like March Madness because you have to just sit it, in a. It used to be that. Now it's not. Okay, so when are you going to do it? September twenty third series. Oh, get it done before the playoffs. Okay, I just—it's a scheduling thing. Okay. We've been dancing around it a lot, and it's gotten very awkward. So I'll just yeah. last time I hit it the whole time. Like I'm having, well, we're going to have to figure out the show. I'm having another kid, October seventh. So we're going to have to October figure 7th. out like, so like you're you just said October seventh. Like I didn't plan my sex properly. Like it was like a wedding. Like I like yeah, I mean, that's ALDS. I mean, that's what, what are you thinking, bud? <laughs> I, let me tell you, I wasn't thinking that night. You know, <laughs> clearly we were. So if, if if kid comes out October seventh, you know, game one is October 9th, Saturday night. Are you are you going to game one? No, I'm not going to game one in a pandemic when I have a child who has zero immunities to anything. Okay. So are you out for the playoffs, would you say? I am. I would say unless there is a dramatic change in the trajectory of COVID-19. And this is – I'm not saying people shouldn't go to games, so I want to make that clear. If you are vaccinated, you should live your life the best way you possibly can. If you are unvaccinated, you should die in a fire. But <laughs> we won't have to have this conversation when you die soon. Um, uh, it's just not a, it's not a fit for me Okay. because of, you know – you got a two. You're such old. a big going to games playoff guy. Does I it am. bother you at all? Yes. Okay. 
but that's part of being a parent is you got to okay. make like the right decisions for other people. So like we have like other weddings and stuff that like we'd love to go to, but it's just like based on the situation and like, Hey, we know people are there that are unvaccinated and mm-hmm. yes, we are playing it. Like if we weren't having a brand new baby, it'd be different. There are some, mm-hmm. you know, immunities that my daughter has, but my next daughter has none of those. So she's got to play it a little safer. Now, I reserve the right to, you know, hey, the Yankees make the World Series. <laughs> I can maybe pull some strings to get into an area that doesn't have as much of the general population in it. We're maybe talking, we're having a different conversation at that point. It's not even September and you're already, the wheels are churning. I know exactly where your head's The at. wheels have been churning since I saw that, since I saw the stick. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, all right, what's the math here? So are you done going to games for the year at this point? Like, will you go mid-September? Will you go so – other than that, I know you got the Labor Day thing. So that is also up in the air. Like, if I even go to that wedding. Like, I'm rsvp to go. Oh, right. My right. wife is not going. Um, but they have – it's now it's a fully vaccinated group. It wasn't – originally, there were unvaccinated people. And they've made a pivot to remove those people from the guest list. Which again, because it's not about me. Like I can go. Like this whole like I can beat COVID. I'm vaccinated. I'm pretty healthy. I take good care of myself. Like yeah, I eat a a little too much chicken parm. But what are you gonna do? Um, I'm not worried about that. It's just it's about my kids. So, um, but the father of the groom, who the last who was at my house like two weeks ago, he happened to be in the area. said i don't know why the bride and groom were at my house and they were like yeah we talked about getting a suite because their rehearsal dinner is on a friday and the wedding is sunday they're like we talked about getting a suite on the saturday like a 40 person suite and i was like sounds good let's fucking do it and then they didn't uh, but my friend's dad who i have sat behind the dugout with like i've been up in a suite and he's like oh i'm in legends and i happen to have an extra ticket come down and hang out oh yeah 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 he was like yeah i might be able to get those six tickets so he's gonna get a text message like probably later this week that's just like yo Mm -hmm. what's the deal then Mm -hmm. yeah i might be in legends on the saturday and then maybe i go the sunday we'll see it's an ongoing discussion in my house talks are ongoing yeah i mean we look at the numbers we're just trying to play it smart a lot, a lot going on. I just Dan. knew a lot at the audience. Yeah, you did. Man. Dude, yeah. Your your playoff situation, both of our playoff situations between your kid, my ankle, a lot is up in the air here. I know, but and, you know, and at the same time, even if it wasn't a pandemic, it's very tough to be like. So we have just about a two year old and a two day old. <laughs> I'm gonna get out of here for a few hours. Game two, baby. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna tell you I'm not gonna drink, but I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna drive home. Like that's although my mother in law would probably love that. My mother in law would be like, I'll come over and watch the babies for forever. So we'll it see. Is a, it is a tough sell. Dan, what do you got? All right. Shout out all the listeners that also Dan questions. very sorry about Tim Tebow. Sorry for your loss. <laughs> I you know, sometimes you need Jesus on your team, but I think the Jags have a chance this year. Did you see the odds for like what will Tim Tebow do next? It was like coach football, like join the army. It was like all this random shit. No, I did not. That's ridiculous. Send him to Afghanistan. He'll sort it out. <laughs> That's true. He's but, just gotta. He's just gotta get up. He's just gotta take all the babies and run up to the airport. Then he could just jump throw over the wall to the Marines. Boom. There you go. Well, Heisman, Heisman yeah. post when he's done. <laughs> oh my god. So. Uh, First question, actually, from me. I don't know if you all have seen the milk crate challenge on social media. I have. But I have. Who, who, who is going to be the first Yankee to get hurt doing the milk crate challenge? Dude, they got to stay so far fucking away from that. So far away from that. Can you see what it is? Maybe this is, Oh, you haven't seen this? No. I'm not big on like challenges, trends, shit like that. <laughs> all right. Go ahead, Dan. So. First of all, I don't know where everyone's getting these milk crates, but basically people are taking milk crates and stacking them into a staircase that goes up and down, and then they're trying to walk on them. But they're super, like, unbalanced, and so people you, are just, like, so you get like, face planting from 10 feet in the air. You get, like, eight milk crates. You stand them on top of each other. Right next to it, seven on each side, then six. So it's like a staircase that goes up and down. It's very unstable. 
I believe, and forgive me if I'm wrong here, um, it is all the challenges I've seen. I haven't seen a white person try this. Mm. I did see one dude who went viral. I think they called him White Mike, and he rolled a blunt while he did it. Um, so I believe it's bigger in uh, urban communities, and most of that is because in cities – a lot of like bodegas and stores, like there's just milk crates like next to them or behind yes, them and stuff. Yes. Like growing up in the Bronx, that's what's. Dan, you're shaking your head. Am I wrong? No, I would have never known that. Oh, okay. You're shaking your head. Like I thought you were gonna be like, no, fucking a white guy created <laughs> it. No. Um. So I think that it's just one of those things that like someone made a video and it took off, and eventually white people will ruin it. Just like everything. Yeah. yeah. I hope nobody on the Yankees tries that. I couldn't imagine how. All right. Well, Dan, you're a young man. Do you think you could do this? Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty athletic. But then again, like I got bad knees. It looks unbalanced. I don't know. It is unbalanced. I think the whole thing is what you've got to do is like control your weight. So it's like once you go to like push to your next step, if you push in your step, that's when you're in trouble. It's all about like yeah. lifting your weight and moving it. I, I would know. say Clint Maybe or Wade based on how you've described it. Frazier or Wade. Yeah, I could see Clint doing it. And he's wearing like a fanny pack across his chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you should look this up though, Nick. Like on Twitter, just type in like milk crate challenge. Okay. These these motherfuckers are taking because here's the thing, when you get to the top and you fall, you're just falling on the other milk crates. Like it is like uh. people's spines. Some people are doing it in grass, and I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Some people are just doing it on blacktop and just eating shit. Yeah, I don't need another broken ankle, so I'm going to sit that one out. All right, next question we got is from Derek Jeter's son. And, Jack, you kind of touched on it earlier, but he said, what's the deal with Chapman smirking after he blows a game? Am I the only one sick of seeing this? It's a defense mechanism. Yeah, I mean, I think it's – I think at first – it was like, oh, you know, that that sucks. Like, kind of like, can't believe I did that. To now it's like, I think to a certain extent, it's just like, I can't believe this keeps happening. I can't believe I keep doing this. But well, I'm still getting stare. $17 million. He has dollars. the stare down after the strikeout. Do you think this is his, like, the opposite of that? Like, he just needs to have some sort of reaction after any kind of big, big moment? Like, it's I, like an inverse to that? I don't know. I think he just, like, feels like an asshole. Yeah. All right, next we got next we got uh Patricia from St. Augustine. Fuck yeah, Trish the Dish. Uh she says, Who are your top three Yankees of all time? You go first. Um are we saying like best players or our favorite? Uh I think that's for y'all to decide. I think favorite let's or if you want to do three of each. I mean my favorite's Derek Jeter. It's always gonna be Derek Jeter. Um, I was always such a huge David Wells guy until he went off the reservation recently. So I would probably say my favorite three are Jeter, Pettit, because I was a, I'm lefty, and so like I grew up like wanting to be him. Uh, maybe Paul O'Neill. Those probably my okay. three. Jeter and Mo, I think, are a very easy one-two for. 99% of people that are around our age. So those are my one and two. Number three, I'm going to go with Clemens just because the feeling that I had when he would be taking the mound in a playoff game was just very exciting. And I'm just kind of remembering that nostalgic feeling. Now, Cole has the ability to take that three spot if he wins. So that that third spot is up for debate. But Jeter and Mo are such an easy one, two. How many, like, if Cole wins one World Series, does he get that spot? Yeah, just because I, I remember – like I remember watching Clemens, but obviously Cole's a lot more – I mean I'm an adult now, so I'll remember it more and I've, I'll have watched more of his starts over time. Um, so if Cole wins one, I'll give it to him. Okay. What about after that? Like are you more – would you say – I know you mentioned Andy, but I feel like Andy and Jorge is like a big debate in terms of like ranking the core four. Like I have Andy considerably above – Pisada. I don't really give a shit about Jorge Posada. Like, he was around. Yeah, me neither. That's great. I mean, like, I loved him when he played. Like, great. Like, very good player. I'm not, you know, complaining about Andy Pettit was, you know, when I was 10 years old and I really started to understand baseball, he's the rookie left-handed pitcher. I'm just starting to pitch, so there's that. Jeter was everyone's hero. And, like, Paul O'Neill 
I would say like Paul O'Neill has stood kind of the test of time of like he was a psycho and that was really entertaining and he played well and now he's entertaining in the booth. Yeah, no, he is. He's great in the booth. Like I think that third spot, I think Paul O'Neill, like part of it, it part of what keeps him there is what he's doing now. Okay, interesting. And same similar with Cone, like were you a Cone guy as a player and now love him as a I wasn't as too. huge of a Cone guy as a player because he really wasn't like he wasn't around for like forever for the Yankees. He wasn't good after like ninety eight. Like ninety eight was like, I was at his last start. What, two thousand? Uh no, it was no no his last like major league start. Oh, and like oh one or oh two. It was like okay. tw- two thousand three. He finished I with think. Boston. I think he finished with the Mets. I think I was at his last start. So he went from us to Boston to the Mets. Wow. I'm pretty sure he finished with the Mets in 2003. Let me just double check. I'm pulling it up here. Man, he pitched forever. Yeah, he, he pitched was on the 86 Mets. He did. He wasn't in the major leagues in 2002. He was 40 years old in 23. Um, in 2003, it was his last start, and Billy Wagner broke Jeremy Burnitz's hand with a hit by pitch, I was sitting in the upper deck and it sounded like it happened four feet away from me. Oh, you could hear it. Wow. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's done. As soon as I was dating like my high school girlfriend, who was a Met fan. And I was just like, Oh, his shit is over. And I remember I was like, damn, David Cohen, last game ever. All right. And then Kyle asked, he said, with everyone fully healthy, what is the Yankees best infield? Rizzo, LeMayhew, it's yes, Glaber if we're starting the game. If Glaber it's the first for the inning, first yeah. six innings, yeah. yeah. And Gio. And Gio, yeah. I mean, Anthony Volpe, like, hurry up, my guy. Dude, 15th-ranked prospect in baseball, and he wasn't even in our top 10 in the beginning of the year. Where did this come from? He's having a good season. He's only 20 years old, too, which I think does cloud a little bit of the conversation of, like, you know, if we could sign Rizzo, you're obviously not going after a shortstop. You continue to the Glaber experiment. And see if like Volpe can be here in you know two years. Shortstop is the biggest wild card in this organization, right? Like I feel like it could could go so many different ways. And what I'm already reading about Volpe is that they kind of profile him more as a second baseman for the majors. So it's just it's interesting. There's a lot of different ways. I fucking hate that about baseball. Yeah, get rid of the fucking minor leagues. You can either play or you can't. Get out of here. And the like, why are you coming up in a position, but then you, you they they say you're not going to be able to play it? Like it doesn't make any sense to me. They don't do that in other sports. No, <laughs> that Velasquez doesn't even get a shot. You're 26. You didn't. You're not in the major leagues. You're not a major leaguer. What uh, else you got? Last Dan? thing we got. Uh, Joe asked, uh, "Is the parade back on?" Yeah. No, the parade's not on yet. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We're four and a half games out of first place. There's still work to do. I'm not saying there can't be a parade. I'm just saying, like, there's work to do. And as Yankee fans, like, we get so distracted by what everyone else is doing or not doing and talking shit. And I get it. It's just Twitter. It doesn't impact, like, what these guys do on the field. But we also let, we let, like, one good week of games make someone the best. Like, we set ourselves up for the roller coaster of emotions. I'm just trying to stay balanced. Yeah, you have to. And one last thing before we sign off, I've seen so much in my mentions, your mentions, the podcast accounts mentions of, oh, you guys wanted to sell. You gave up. What's up now? We were reacting to what we saw and what we saw in the first half was dog shit. And now we're reacting to what we see and we're seeing good shit. And we're going to be at playoff games and we're going to be at the parade and we're going to be celebrating. So we're going to keep rooting for the team. We're going to keep watching and fuck you, all you people that are that are saying that you don't get an award for being blindly optimistic in May. There's no award. There's no trophy for you. Yeah, and I also, you know, I get a lot of that, especially because I've been the biggest, like, I was the biggest we should sell guy. And if we yeah. don't if we don't win the World Series, we should have sold. I mean, I still contend that. Um, but I, I'm born and raised in the Bronx. Lived there till I was 18 years old. I lived in the Bronx. Living in the Bronx is different than, like, oh, I know where La Bodega is, and I had a chopped cheese one time when I came in on the <laughs> LIRR. The Yankees are my hometown team. You guys just take a fucking train to get near there. You're welcome for letting you come to the Bronx and me not snatch your fucking chain. Because guess (laughs) what? I've still got it in me. I will. You can follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. You can follow Dan. 
Majewski 99. You follow the show at George's Box Pod. Dan gets them tweets off. Dan, it's going to suck when the playoffs come around, and I'm like, listen, I'm taking over the game to uh, tweet from the handle. I'm just saving videos and gifts for all the jokes. Um, you follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Um, it is Nick's birthday on Monday when we're recording this, so Nick, happy birthday. Thank you. I can have some brownies later. You don't strike me as a sweets guy. Uh, at night. More at night. Okay. Yeah. Hey, go out on go out on the balcony and have a little smoke and eat some brownies, all right? Yeah, why live not? You know? Live your life. Live your life. I'll pain, go out. Pain management. I got, you know. That's what management. it is. Give yourself a day off. Hey, we don't know if it's going to happen, but we hope it will happen this year. We hope that for Joe. I think that's librarian Joe, right? That's my guy. Yeah. I fucking love that guy. Yeah, I love Joe. I wish he was still with us in Bronx yeah. Pinstripes. He didn't die. I mean, he's alive. He just asked the question. <laughs> but if there's a parade, we'll see you at it. We'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.